this episode of Solving the Mysteries to Success with your host, Deep Mystery. Today, we got another special guest for you. His name is Jason Sean. He's a UC Berkeley graduate uh, majoring in computer science, and now he's working in quantitative, quantitative finance. And I think it's going to be really good for the audience to know uh, how special Jason's work is. And I wanted to bring a different perspective to the audience, given that, you know, using your computer science degree, you can go uh, and, and take on jobs with a lot of different avenues. So without further ado, how are you doing, Jason? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Just trying to stay safe and healthy during this difficult time. Uh, I hope you're doing as well uh, on the East Coast. I'm doing okay. I mean, like... I don't know, kind of every day kind of blends together, so it's, like, not great. But, you know, hopefully this is all over soon, and kind of excited for that. Yeah. All right, let's get to the first question. You know, talk about your undergrad career at Berkeley and, you know, the pros and cons of doing computer science uh, at the school. Okay, sure. So when I came to Berkeley, I wanted to study – actually math and business, kind of because for some reason when I was, like, really young, I decided it'd be kind of cool to be a broker or, like, to work in quantitative finance. Like, I don't know, really know why or how I figured out that that's something I remotely wanted to do, but it just happened. And so, like, coming from, a, like, a high school, you know, where it was, like, pretty specialized and pretty, like, STEM-focused, uh, like, I quickly, like, try to do whatever I could, can to, like, get me on this path. So I wanted, when I went to Berkeley, like, never really thought about doing computer science. I could always code, but I always thought I wanted to do something different. But when you go to the West Coast, the first thing you kind of figure out from talking to everybody is that, you know what, everyone and their mom is taking computer science or at least the first computer science class. And so at that point, I was like, you know what, why not? And so I took um, computer science. I took 61A. thought it was kind of cool, and I realized that, like, you can really do a lot with it. And so I decided to major in computer science, but at the same time, I wanted to take some of the other classes in some of the, the other departments so that I can still get, like, a decent, well-rounded, but, like, also, like, pretty specialized background and something I thought I wanted to do. Um, I guess the pros of doing computer science at Berkeley is that you have a lot more freedom than at some of the other schools. You know, like, we can kind of pick a whole bunch of classes inside uh, the computer science department. And some of the cons of the class sizes are huge. Uh, you know, there's a really annoying GPA cap on top of your head when college, especially the first year, should be about, like, you know, getting acquainted and adjusted you have to get X amount of grades and X amount of classes. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, college is cool. I, especially right now when I'm kind of holed up in a 600-square-foot apartment, I miss it a lot. So, Yeah, you know, if you put it that way, it's definitely – a time to, you know, be in college with your friends and hang out, uh, especially during this time. You know, let's talk about the internship that you had at the Warriors. You know, what was that like, and, and what were you expecting before 
and what was it actually, uh, you know, like on the first day of the job? And, you know, what was your process of landing it? Uh, so you had another guy I worked with when I was working with the Warriors uh, last week with Ari. But basically, we went to the taxathon in New York, uh, and we ended up talking to a bunch of uh, NBA executives. And one of them that came from the Warriors uh, ended up hitting us up and being like, hey, like, do you want to do something for us? And so we were like, you know what, sure. Like, this sounds kind of cool. I played basketball growing up all my life. Like, I actually, like, thought this was a sweet opportunity and just, like, was like, all right, let's do it. So we did it first semester. Uh, it was more – I don't know. I don't really know what I was expecting coming in. So, like, I don't really know that – was different from, like, my expectations because I had absolutely no expectations. Uh, but really cool to go and, like, you know, like, do some scouting analytics on, like, the collegiate scene, which, like, you know, collegiate basketball is something I, like, really like. And so that was, like, really cool and definitely was, like, pretty thought-inducing to build our own model and everything. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I think whenever you get a chance to work for a professional sports league team, uh, you know, the jobs out there are very small and limited. So the the fact that you got an opportunity for, to work for a company or a team like Warriors is uh, very cool. Um, let's transition to quantitative finance. What is that actually, you know, what is it, and, like, for in layman's terms for the audience? And, how you know, how did you know you wanted to get into it? You know, you spoke about this a little bit earlier. Uh, sure. What is like? What are the you know key skills you need to succeed in the in the field now that you've been working in it for quite some time? Sure. Uh, so quantitative finance is exactly what it sounds. It's uh, using numbers in a financial uh, like finance with like financial applications. Uh, I don't know if the term finance quantitative finance is like the most like specific thing you can describe what I do as. Because, like, you know, in tech quantitative finance, there's, like, FinTech, which is, like, completely different. And that's, like, building applications and, like, helping streamline, you know, like, bank transactions, credit cards, all that stuff. And then there's, like, prop trading or quant trading, I guess, like, which is essentially using numbers to find uh, signals in the market to find, you know, profitable opportunities. Uh, to use numbers to develop strategies and to build out numerical models. So, like, unlike, you know, traditional, like, I guess, fundamental long-short hedge funds where like, they use, like, not earnings, like, and, like, a lot of, like, fundamental analysis, it's a lot less of that and it's a lot more of, like, you know, using numerical signals in the market. And when we write a signal, which is, like, a circumstances scenario you find, um, how I wanted to get into it, for some reason, when I was kind of young, I had a pretty big interest in stocks and volatility and all this stuff. Why? Like, I, I don't really know, but I just kind of did. Uh, I don't know how I got exposed to it, but I really liked it because it's an environment that's super competitive. And super fast-paced, like, every single day is a new day in, like, a new problem and, like, a new competition where you're basically playing against some of the smartest people in the world. And so that's something that, as someone that 
gets bored very quickly. Uh, that fast turnaround and, you know, hyper-competitiveness in terms of, like, you know, getting the chance to compete with other people is something that I really, really, really enjoyed. And so that's what kind of interested me even more. And also, like, I don't know, like, it gives you a very good sense of, like, the world from a financial and stock market perspective, and that really applies to, like, a lot of other parts of life. Uh, at least I think so. Some of the keys that I think you need to succeed or I thought were successful was that you know, everyone can code in, like, quant trading and, like, quantitative finance. Everyone can code. Um, you know, everyone can do math. It's a kind of unique environment when you work with developers because, like, you know, it's everything's fully electronic. But, like, both parties know how to code and understand coding. Uh, you need to be curious. You need to be... Uh, adventurous, you need to be thoughtful. Um, and I think you just need to have a lot of drive. I think you need to have a lot of drive to like learn everything and you need to have a lot of drive to get better because it's like in the end it's like you want to be the best that you can be and you, you will see that very quickly. And so I think it's a lot of those skills together or a lot of those traits that lead someone to be good. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of uh, great skills to be successful at any any job, but you know, especially your job. Uh, let's talk about that process of landing the job that you are at the company you are are now, Susquehanna International Group. What did you do to prepare for that interview? And you know, uh, what, what what was that interview like? Sure. Uh, so we can just call it Sig. Makes it a lot easier. Yeah, Sig. <laughs> I mean, so I did a mixture of networking um, through, like, online through LinkedIn, leveraging, like, whoever I knew, uh, and along with, like, applying online and, like, all that stuff. You know, Berkeley doesn't have a whole lot of prop trading firms or quant trading firms come in. Uh you know, like, I say prop trading and quant trading, but, like, prop trading is, like, I guess quant trading can be split up into, like, true, like, hedge fund and then prop trading, which have some differences that, like, we can go over a different time. But regardless, like, very few quantitative trading or, like, quantitative financial institutions come to Berkeley. And so I knew I had to do a lot of my applications online. Uh, you know, I worked in more of a developer role at a different firm for the summer right before I wanted to recruit full-time. And I knew that, you know, like, I am going to recruit almost solely for, like, quantity to finance, which basically meant that I had to find a way to get an interview at every single shop I could because a lot of times people do do think that it feels like kind of like a law of large numbers type of game. Uh, whether that's true or not is a different story. Uh, and so with SIG, I hit up a recruiter, and then I applied online. Uh, you know, during that time period, I was just applying to a whole bunch of firms that I really liked. 
and of course like Sig, the big shop that like loves to play poker. Founders came from, you know, poker back and all of that. It was like really cool for someone who really liked to play. Uh, so the first step in like pretty much every single one of these like trading firms is you take like a like a quantitative assessment. It's basically like an online uh test that test like how well you can think schematically. Uh brain teasers, riddles, whatever, uh like mental math. Some occasionally a firm or two will make you code. Um uh some of them with the new coding challenge as well. Depends on the firm. Uh and to prep for all of that, it's just like you just gotta prep like brain teasers, math. You gotta prep like basically how you think dramatically. Ultimately these interviews and I've interviewed at enough of these shops that I can tell you this is like you the the whole goal is to test like how how quote unquote uh quantitatively intelligent or smart you are. And so they'll give you a whole bunch of brain teasers, especially during the phone interviews. They'll give you a whole bunch of like statistics questions or like sequencing questions. And so once you get past the online assessment that filters out a lot of people, you go to, you know, a series of phone interviews where it's, you know, kind of like the same thing, but they also like kind of put a human face to it. They kind of figure out like, you know, why you want to do this, uh, you know, what are your motivations, all that stuff that every job asks you. And then it goes into like, you know, uh, like statistics questions, numerical questions, kind of like quantitative brain teasers. And then if you do well there, you got a, uh, either a super date or a final round, which are kind of the same thing. A super date is basically they invite a whole bunch of people to the interview or as like a final round, as like it might just be yourself and like a couple other people. And then it's kind of the, the same thing over again, where, but also like each firm has their own little quirk on like how they interview, like some will make you do an actual case challenge or some will make you like, you know, go through a question that might be unsolvable for the sole purpose of not figuring out whether you'll get the right answer or not, but to see how you think. And so, yeah, that those are kind of the interview, like kind of um, how the whole interview process was. It was just like, kind of a grind, but kind of fun. I, I kind of look at it as, looking back on it, the most amount of fun I really don't want to have again. And so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's really good advice, you know, for anyone trying to get into the, the field. I think you said some really good stuff, uh, you know, about preparing for that interview uh, process. Are there any, like, sort of material to use to get, you know, prepared for uh, the interviews? Just, like, look online for, like, brain teasers. You know, like, find books on, like, math riddles and brain teasers. At the same time, like, the whole interview is not all bad stuff. Like, you you might get asked to code, like, on the spot without really knowing. You might get sent, like, coding questions. You might get a whole bunch of the statistics questions. You just brush up the best you can. Like, no one's really perfect and just, like, just show that you're agile, you're malleable, you're curious, and you like. Can you hear me? Did I lose you? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, 
kind of just just show that you know you're agile, you're driven, you're curious, and like you can work with numbers and whatever your strength in working with numbers really entails. Right. So let's go ahead and transition. You know, you got the job, and let's talk about that first week on the job. You know, what can you tell us, and what was it really like, and versus like what were you expecting? Sure. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, I guess probably talking about the first two weeks is better than talking about just one week because it was kind of interesting. Uh, the first week, you know, you have a very quick, like, introdu- introduction to, like, everyone that started at the same time as you across, like, all different types of, uh, like, roles. Um, you get to meet everyone on your desk. You get assigned a mentor, uh, and you kind of get acclimated for that week to kind of, like, understand what everyone's talking about, kind of get a feel for the environment. And then the second week, you have, like, four orientation where they actually start teaching you things. Uh, you know, but when I mean teaching you things, they'll teach you, like, certain things about finance that, like, they might not expect you to know because you come from, like, a quantitative background. And... Uh, so that was really cool, you know, like getting to learn uh, all of that with like the people you started with was like really cool. And like you definitely hit the ground running pretty quickly. You get to experience like a very like open office environment where everyone is like super fo- like really focused and everything is super fast paced and you like try to adjust to that as fast as you can. And, like, to me, that was, like, super exciting. Wow. So it it was a pretty fast-paced environment, you would say, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So uh, a little more insight for the audience. Did you did – you, uh, were you nervous? Were you, you know, were you excited going into that first day? And, you know, for the audience, uh, looking back at it, how would you – I don't know, maybe prepare a little bit different or just, you know, reach out to some different people, whatever it may be. Would you tell your former self that? Uh, I was kind of excited to start just kind of kind because of I was, like, just moved into my apartment, like, twiddling my thumbs, doing absolutely nothing for, like, two weeks. So that was definitely cool to, like, get going, like, and actually do something, especially do something that, like, for quite some time I thought I was, like, really into. Um, I don't really know what advice I would give my former self about prepping for my job. I definitely would look back from where I am now and, like, give my, like, former self especially when I was in college, some advice. Uh, Like a couple of things are enjoy every moment you can and don't always just keep looking forward to the next step, especially when you go to Berkeley. Uh, Stay curious. Uh, You know, like learning never stops. And Especially when you're young, like, and I, I think I should tell a lot of people this, 
be willing to try all sorts of things such that you can really find out what you're doing when you're young because when you're young and, you know, no one probably is depending on you, you get to make those mistakes and kind of discover yourself. And so I just, I kind of encourage everyone to go like branch out and try some other things. That's really good advice. You know, you don't really know what you're good at until you fail at something that you're not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and or talk you, about. Or you could be good and just like really don't like what you're doing. You know? Yeah, and that, that's also the case too. Uh, we find a lot of people that don't, don't like their job. You know, what are the things that uh, that you miss from undergrad life and, and what are the things you don't, you know, what's that routine like been for you? Have you, have you found a routine for work life? And, you know, socially, you know, what's that transition been like? Uh, I, transitioning from undergrad to now, like, I mean, I guess, like, half your second, every senior year is already kind of a transition. Because, like, when you have your job, as soon as you do, like, and you're taking classes, especially when I, when I did it, where, like, my second half senior year, we're taking classes that, like, I pushed off that were, like, under, uh, like, freshman and sophomore year classes. Um, I guess the transition already happened. Uh, you definitely have less structure and more structure. You have more structure because it's, like, you get to the office at, what, like, I don't know, 7.30 every day, 7.45 day, and you leave, you know, kind of whenever you're done or, like, after, like, markets close or whatever, like, whatever work you have to do afterwards. Whereas, like, in college, you like, you know, some days you go to class at 2 p.m. Some days you go to class at 9.30. Um, you, but at the same time, you have a lot of freedom. You know, you know what you need to work on. It's not like college where you have homework or sometimes, I guess, you still have learning to do when you go home. Um you know, socially, it's been really fun. Um, I talk a lot, and, like, I was never really worried about making friends. I, like, moved to a new city, living alone, kind of for the sole purpose of, like, meeting as many people as I can without, like, any other biases or, like, you know, all of that, and honestly worked out really well. Like, I think I have a really great group of friends and, like, a pretty great, like, circle around me now and so I guess the difference is that you're gonna have to work harder for that social life you don't have 25,000 undergraduate students or you know 6,000 if you go to a smaller school of 18 to 22 year olds running around within like a mile of you 24-7 and so I guess that was like a pretty big difference but like once you get used to it like if you're a social person and if you enjoy, you know, like, ha- like going to, like, experiencing things and all that, like, and having a good time when you can, like, not a whole lot is different. Right. Um, were there any type of uh, social activities that your company put on to, like, uh, you know, when you first were uh, on the job to increase? you know, social activities for you to meet new people? I mean, 
with like every like firm like this, you have your like starting class that like you spend a lot of time with. You do have events here and there that go like meet people, but uh, I mean, we like because like we already met each other. We already spent like our entire orientation together, which is like rather long. Like we already like knew each other, so like that was just like an environment for us to like all meet up in like a non-work environment, which like we already do anyways. Um. So, yeah, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily, like, entirely necessary. Right. I you know, It's just a curious question because a lot of companies offer that kind of advantage for employees that just start, that, that just start but, uh, you know, you have the flip side to it where you have to go out and, you know, just tackle the city on your own. I'm, I appreciate the perspective you gave on that, you know, moving to a city uh, by yourself and finding – you know, all the friends that you have. Was there anything that you did or was it just going out and meeting people, uh, you know, going out in town to the bars and... and uh, I definitely had, you know, some useful friends out here. And, like, you know, like, when you move here, everyone's new. Like, if you're reasonably social and, like, easygoing, like, and, like a reasonably fun person that like, you've got to make friends with, like, the same group of people that are looking to make friends. So, like, you just go out and, like, you slowly, like, watch your circle grow because, like, whether you meet people and, you know, like, I've met people in the elevator type of thing. You know, like, I've met people at the gym, you know, I'll meet people at, like, I don't know, someone else's event. And then, so, like, you meet some people and then your friends meet some people and then, like, you all get to meet each other now, you know, like, at whatever venue y'all all go to, like. Yeah, I don't know if it was something I did in particularly. I think it was just, like, just letting it happen and just, like, putting yourself out there and just, like, seeing what happens. Right. Jason, I really appreciate your advice. You know, I think the audience learned a lot today about what quantitative finance uh, is, what it takes to be successful in the field. You know, with some last-minute thoughts, where do you see the field going and, you know, where do you see uh, just people that want to get into this field? Just some last-minute thoughts, like, you know, how how to get in a couple last-minute pieces of advice. Um, things are only going to get more electronic. Things are only going to get more quantitative. Uh, regardless of whatever career you go on, whether you're in trying to do like, you know, this whole like trading world or, you know, any other thing that might not be like a classically like tech job. Even though, like, in a lot of ways, like, this is very, like, much, like, very technology-focused. Uh, know how to code at least a little bit for whatever you're going to do. And that doesn't mean knowing every single language in the world. It just means, like, knowing how to think in an analytical perspective and, like, learn how to think to solve problems using numbers. In case this uh, thing ever arises. And so, like... Things are just going to get more quantitative over time. 
uh, advice to give. Be resilient. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get rejections. You're gonna have times when you feel like really down. But as long as you work hard and you you learn from every misstep of your recruiting process, and like I can go on a mine, which is like probably time for some like an entirely other segment. But you just gotta learn and you gotta power through. And if you work hard, things will happen. Don't go after what necessarily pays the best in your first year. Go somewhere where you think you can do well. Go somewhere where you can think where you think that you can learn a lot and everything else will work out. Um, you know, like I've had a pretty good friend told me the other day, like he's a little older than I am. He doesn't work with me, but he's, what he told me was the advice he would give himself is 22, 23-year-old self is don't worry about how much money you're making in your 20s. Uh, if you're good, you will make magnitudes of that more if you truly thrive in the years after that. And to just go to where you see that you can be, where you can see you can learn a lot, and everything else will come. And I think that maybe that applies to every job, but like especially like I guess in this world. Exactly. I think that leaves this conversation on a really good note. I really appreciate the audience tuning in and you know enjoying this conversation with Jason on quantitative finance. He taught us a lot about what the field is about, how to succeed in the job, what his internship uh, with the Warriors was like, just and the social life from moving from undergrad work life. Jason, I appreciate you joining me on the call and, you know, everyone out there stay safe and, you know, take care of yourselves. Thank you. Stay safe, y'all. Yeah, for sure. Jason, 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 I appreciate you, man. That was a good call. What do you think? Uh, 